All right, it's Vader time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Bummer Slam. We're back. We did it. We did another one. You may have thought we weren't going to do another one, but you were sorely mistaken. And I am here today with my friend, my longtime friend, who has somehow never been on the show until this point, Isaac Otterman. Welcome to Bummer Slam. Happy Bummer Slam. Hello. Yeah. Welcome to Bummer Slam. <laughs> oh, wow. That's here. That's here. We're right here right now. Wow. The magical world of Bummer Slam. I never thought I'd be here, but I always knew I'd be here one day. It, today is that day, my friend. Well, Isaac, I'm going to start this episode the same way I start every episode, and I'm going to ask you, what's your relationship with professional wrestling? How, how does it manifest in your life? Uh, my relationship with professional, professional wrestling started back in middle school when I ended up sitting at the table where all the wrestling uh, boys like to sit, and they were always talking about how cool like uh, The Undertaker was and how he would literally come and kill people, and me being a really nervous, really shy middle school boy uh, meant that I despised professional wrestling for most of my most of my life up until I got to college and was, I quickly realized well there's no wrestling at college but just a confluence of like realizations in my life led me to realize through realization uh, that wrestling was just really dumb soap opera and that made it one of my favorite things to like conceptually like but I never had the time to get into it. So I, I, I'm like, you know how like there's people who say they're, they're armchair like physicists, enthusiasts? I'm like an armchair wrestling enthusiast where I like everything about wrestling. I've just never sat down and really got into it. That makes sense. So Isaac, are you telling me that you hated wrestling because you were afraid of The Undertaker? No, but yes. Mostly no, a little bit yes. <laughs> I mean, if you were going to be afraid of any wrestler, I mean, I, The Undertaker is the one I understand the most because he's a he's a zombie. Yeah, he's a much. he's a zombie. Well, it was mostly the the murdering people, <laughs> the literal murder. These these kids I sat at lunch with, I wasn't I didn't like to associate myself with them, but I always ended up getting associated with them because I sat with them. At oh lunch. my god, <laughs> they were the bad kids, you know. The bad kids who watched wrestling. The bad I remember kids who those days. Wrestling, yeah. They always wore all black. They like <laughs> looked like they should be seen kids or e boys today or something. Oh man. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you had such a bad experience in your youth because that's the best time to be a wrestling. Fan. I know. Well, we don't have any uh, inhibitions about it. It's true. Well, hopefully today has made up for it because today. Our episode, we are going to be talking about the legendary wrestling album from 1985, way back, like around the time of WrestleMania 1. It was that long ago? It was that long ago. Wow. I don't remember that because I wasn't born yet. Me neither. But we're going to talk about <laughs> it anyway. History. Okay. So the wrestling album came about because of this thing that was going on in the WWF at the time called the Rock and Wrestling Connection. And that was basically like this partnership that MTV had with the WWF where they would like send their top talent, their top like 
musicians over to wrestling for them to be like part of the stories and whatnot. Like um, Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. she managed Wendy Richter, who was like the top female wrestler at the time. And that was a really big deal. She also had a feud with Rowdy Roddy Piper. He like super kicked her. It was funny. Um, and then Mr. T was also part of that, and he actually was in the main event at WrestleMania One. He was on a tag team with Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff, and they won. Mr. T won <laughs> the main event. Mr. Of the first T beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah, no, Mr. No. T and Hulk Hogan oh, beat um, the bad guys. Well, that makes sense. You can't have the bad guys win the first. Yeah, come on, not the first one. Like the second one, you know, it's yeah. kind of like the, the Star Wars thing where you get you start with the good guys winning, then you have the bad guys win, and then you have unnecessary sequels after yeah. that. Yeah, we're about to be on the 36th one. That's the one that's this year. That's a lot of... That's, that's so many WrestleManias. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but putting MTV stars with wrestlers like this, it really helped bring wrestling into the mainstream it was kind of just like this weird fringe thing beforehand but like putting all these big stars with these wrestlers who were like super hot hulk hogan biggest star of the time maybe the biggest star of all time you know just increased their star power that much more and so um this album was kind of a big deal because it's like a combination of those two things it's supposed to be like a rock and roll album featuring all these like hit stars that you would know but it's really just wrestling. <laughs> it it certainly is. It is certainly just wrestling. It's great. It's it's so fun. Okay, let's just get right into it then. We'll talk about the first song on the wrestling album, which is Land of a Thousand Dances, and it is performed by who is only described as the wrestlers. I have to assume that's every wrestler on this album. Every single wrestler on the album is what I'm assuming as well. Um, and this song, Land of a Thousand Dances, is a cover of a popular Chris Kenner song from the 60s. Yeah, isn't that the Land of a Thousand Sons? No, that's not right. Oh, I think it's called Land of a Thousand Dances. Oh. IRL. I'm not hmm. sure, though. Well, neither of us are experts in that field. It's true. I'm only an expert in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, this is the longest song in the world. It's so long. I don't know. There's another song on this album that's, like, comparable in length for no reason. That's that's very true. We'll get to that as well. Um, What did you think of this this (laughs) performance of Land of a Thousand Dances by the wrestlers, all of them? Um, It... There was a lot of really great camaraderie in this this song. Uh, It was a lot more musical theater than I thought this album would get, and more than it's more musical theater than the rest of the album did get. But you know, it was really funny to like get to hear all the the wrestlers singing the exact same song, uh, doing like harmonies and melodies and. other E's. Oh, yeah. Oh, keep in mind, audience, that um, this album is just wrestlers, not musicians. So um, don't expect any of them to be talented. It, it was a really... The, the, the song was just wild. The it was wild. There, 
I forget which wrestler had like this section in the song where he just was describing ways he was gonna pummel you to to Kingdom Come. I want to say it was Roddy Piper, but I'm not sure. I don't think it was Roddy Piper. You don't. Roddy Piper sang a lot better than this guy was singing. I it, don't remember. But it was like five minutes into the song, and I was just about I was just about done with it. I'm like, this song has been going on for decades. <laughs> Five minutes, uh, and then this guy came on, and he was just describing ways he was gonna, like. I wrote some of them down. Where did I can't read my own writing? Oh God. <laughs> I'm gonna crush you, and see you later was my favorite. I'm gonna part. crush you and see you later. Yeah, like all the all the ways he described you was gonna like destroy you was also like vaguely sexual, which made it even like more funny. Oh me. God. Uh, so that was like the highlight of this song for me was the, just this random verse. I, I wish I knew who was singing when so I could like credit maybe like, I don't know, it might have been Junkyard Dog. It might have been. I wasn't even paying attention to that section so I couldn't tell you honestly. Um, but it was, it was, there's some really fun wordplay in this song, despite everything else. Yeah, it was high energy. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. It, like, it set up, set up the album pretty well. Yeah, you won't find this song anywhere else ever again. Anything like it. Yeah, it's true. Even though it is a cover. <laughs> well, no song will ever have this many wrestlers singing. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Isaac. <laughs> You're so right. Um, Isaac, I understand that you have a rating system in play for all of these songs. What did you give Land of a Thousand Dances? I rated every song out of 10. Okay. Uh, I was between a 6 out of 10 and a 7 out of 10 for Land of a Thousand Dances. I gave it a 7 out of 10 just because it was high energy. It was a fun way to start the album. And uh, it's better than a lot of the other songs in here. It's true. It's true. You're right. All Mm -hmm. right. Seven out of ten? Seven out of ten. That's okay. One of a thousand dances. All right. Well, we'll go to the next song now. Oh, actually, in between all of the songs, there's a little bit of commentary between these three very popular, very famous commentators of the time. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, who was the governor of Minnesota for a while. What? Yeah. Fun fact. For a different time. (laughs) (laughs) For a different time, that's true. Um, Mean Gene Okerlund, who's like the best yeah the best announcer ever and a young vince mcmahon yeah i was kind of i mean i know vince mcmahon from the 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 meme where he's like falling over he's like getting excited oh yes he's a human clown yes i also understand he's a clown as well yeah he's a clown ass bitch that's for sure yes yes um this was way back in the day when everybody was like wrestling's real and uh, Vince McMahon was like, I don't want people to know that I own the company. So he did a lot of stuff on commentary and like announcing and whatnot, just being like this dumb, bumbling boy. Yeah. And that was his role in this album as well. Um, they have a bit of back and forth in between all of the songs, set up the songs, introduce the wrestlers who are going to be singing. What did you think of these three guys? These three brought the whole album together. Without these three, yeah. I, this this album would not have worked. <laughs> At all. It, it's it's what makes it wrestling, I feel. Oh, yeah. You're so right. It's basically the same as watching wrestling on TV. Yeah. Like, in between the matches, you've got all the commentary and whatnot. It's what the audiences would be used to. Mm-hmm. So it was a really nice uh, bridge between the two, and also most of what they had was 
pretty funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They reminded me, what are those two fucking Stabner Muppets? And you read my mind. Yeah. I can never remember what their names are, but that's basically who the three of them were like, just arguing back and forth. It was great. You usually had Vince uh, McMahon and uh, what was the other one's name? Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, no, the other one. Oh, Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene on like, the same side, and then Ventura's on the other side being crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> and the governor of Minnesota. Yes, apparently. A grand old time. And well, after they introduce this song, um, we go into <laughs> this song called Grab Them Cakes Grab by them Junkyard butts. Dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, Isaac and I renamed this song Grab Them Butts because Grab Them Cakes means grab ass. Everyone knows this. It's yes. indisputable. It's fact. Sure, yeah. Um, Sounds right. The, this song sounds like a it's like a cool disco track with a dance number it's like the cha-cha slide i thought it sounded like the ghostbusters theme i could see that but like with singing over top instead yeah. of ghosts i need to read no ghosts um and there's an accompanying dance that they describe in the song it's not very clear yeah um, it, it doesn't work as a dance because it's like way too slow they're like step to the left Step to the right. Cha-cha right. now, y'all. <laughs> it's that slow. And it's like, you, you, this is, you have to do a lot of moving over those, those four beats. You're just stepping to the left. A very long step. The longest step in the world. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think of this song? I liked it because it was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. It was like... It there was is, way too sexual yeah. for this album, but it was fun. There was, at one point, just Junkyard Dog. And who else sang in this one? Uh, Vicky Sue Robinson. Yeah, Vicky Sue Robinson. They just... Vicky Sue Robinson would, like, vocalize for a little bit. And yeah. Junkyard Dog would just monologue on top of it. <laughs> and occasionally they'd switch where he was the one vocalizing. And <laughs> and it was, it was, like, the last two minutes of the song were just this. And it was so... So stupid. It was phenomenal. It was great. Um, I wish I could remember any of the memorable lines, but it was like, it was honestly a lot of the same. I just wrote noise segments. Noise segments. That's honestly a lot of this album, too. Yes. There there are points where you're just like, there's so much happening. This was not audio mixed at all. Yeah. And it's great because of it. It's like they could only get them for like an hour. And then they had to go back on the road. Yeah. So it's like, all right, we got to do this in one shot. Whether or not it sounds good, that's up to you. I didn't end up having a ton to write about with Grab Them uh, Cubes. Grab Them No, <laughs> Grab Them Cakes. I can't read my own handwriting. Grab Them Cakes or Grab Them Butts, butts. as we like to call it. Grab yeah. Them Cubes Cubes. is another title. <laughs> uh... It had, like, the best beat, I think, but it was also just the Ghostbusters beat, so... Yeah, it was funky. Mm-hmm. I wrote that for a lot of these songs. It was funky. Funky, funky, the fu- uh, Not funky. Not funky. <laughs> opposite of funky. Anti-funky. Um, but yeah, I ended up giving this one also a 7 out of 10 because I was feeling generous that day. Okay. You think that this is on the same caliber as the last one? Yes, Okay. Well, I think they're both, like, good listening, but they're also not great listening, yeah. Seven's like an okay. Maybe they're like sixes, because sixes are okays. No. What about like a six and a half? I could give them a six and a half. Both, okay. both line up a thousand dances and grab them butts are <laughs> six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. All right. Pretty middle of the road so far. 
Um, uh, we go back to Mean Gene and Vince and uh, Jesse. Yeah. What did they even talk about? Oh, right. This this one had the great preamble of them just dissing on Derringer, who oh, is yes. not a WWE personality. He's just a rock personality. He is. It's true. And uh, Venturo is just telling all the ways he he'd like kill Derringer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, Jesse um, doesn't like anybody, <laughs> it seems. He always has some shit to say about the people that are being introduced. Yes. Um, yeah, but we go into the next song after this little this little aside from the three boys, who I'll call them the three boys from now on. Um, and we go into Real American by Rick Derringer. And this is Hulk Hogan's theme song that he came out into the ring whenever he wrestled. Um, what do you think of this song? I mean, it's, it's a classic. It's a fucking classic. It slaps. There's not, much, not much to say about it. I was just like, yeah, this. I mean, with this song on here, you could probably use this whole album as like a, a workout album. I ended up rescinding that opinion later. Oh. Like, you throw this album on, you go for a nice, like, 40-minute workout, and then you call yourself, call it a day. I would do that. For sure. Yeah. That okay. sounds fun. You could use the... You could like go hard when all the songs are going, and use like as a cool down whenever Vince Vaughn and Jesse Ventura and Vince Vaughn. Did you just say Vince Vaughn? Vince McMahon. Oh, I did. (laughs) Oh, you did. Yes. (laughs) What? No. Yes. Oh, this is great radio. Um, Good. Yeah, I love Real American. It slaps, it smacks, it bangs. It should be the national anthem. Yeah, 9 out of 10. Um, I love this song. I think this song is, in my opinion, the reason that Hulk Hogan was so popular. Because this song, it just like, oh my god. Yeah, whenever you hear this song, you're like, yeah, Hulk Hogan. It'll make the biggest anti-American feel like a true patriot. Yeah. I love this song. Um, and so you associate Hulk Hogan with that. And you're like, yeah, that's the one, baby. Yep. Yeah, love this song. Yeah, it's nine, great. Nine out of ten. That's what I gave it. Nine out of ten for real. Yeah, I mean it's a classic. A you can never wow. get bored of listening to it. There's another song associated with Hulk Hogan on this track that we'll get to in a bit. Oh yeah. Wow, nine out of ten. That's pretty high. It is pretty high. It's not even the highest I go. I, I like. Do you go ten out of ten? I go ten out of ten. Oh my for god! My this, this album. There's Holy also shit. I think a one out of ten on this album. You won't believe who Isaac picks for number one. Stay tuned on Bummer Slam. I'm shook. Okay. You putting a pre-roll ad in? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Real American, we've decided, is a great, great song, but there is still one more. Yeah, there's one better. One better? One better. Um, yeah, we go back to the three boys. Um, Jesse Ventura once again, talking big shit about everything. This time it was, is his name Timmy Hart or Jimmy Hart? Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yep, he doesn't like anybody. Uh... (laughs) I've learned this. There was one he was, like, excited for, though. I forget who it was. I think oh, it... I remember. <laughs> we'll get to it shortly. Okay. Um, but, yeah. They had a good segment here. Didn't write much about it. But... Yeah. Pretty much the same as all the other ones. Pretty pretty overarching theme. Just Jesse monopolizing the... <laughs> the time. The time to complain. And the other two being like, oh, come on. You shouldn't judge them that harshly. Yeah. Um, that's their, that's the their symbiotic relationship there. Um, and the song that we go into next is Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield by the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. I love Jimmy Hart. He's known for being little and obnoxious. He has a megaphone. He yells in people's faces. I love him. He's great. The 
is, I have to know, is the, the song title spelled H-E-A-R-T or H-A-R-T? I wish it was H-A-R-T because that's how Jimmy Hart's last name is spelled, but it is Hart the traditional way, mm. H-E-A-R-T. I had this song at a 6 out of 10 and he now gets a lower score. <gasps> because you thought it was a pun on his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Yeah. What are you doing, Vince McMahon? You could have gone a different way. This could have gone better. Yeah. Um, but I still thought the song was, like, pretty humorous. Yeah, it was but cute. I also don't think it was meant to be humorous, so it was, like, kind of laughing at the this, at Jimmy Hart being like, he, she's my girl, not yours, famous rock and roll dude. Oh, yes. Rick, Rick Springfield, if you don't know, is the guy who sings the song Jesse's Girl um, about, um, I'm in love with my best friend's yeah. girlfriend or whatever. And I think that was like, it was supposed to be like the same kind of sentiment for this one. Yeah. Um, it sounds exactly like Jesse's Girl. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. I wonder if it was supposed to be emulating Rick Springfield's style Probably. as well. He just came off across as like a, a whiny boy though. Yeah, he's like very piney. Yeah. And he also like, he's not a feminist. He, uh, he claims she's his forever. Oh. Which I did not get down with, but... <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> Ladies. Ladies. <laughs> um, <laughs> My new ASMR episode <laughs> featuring Isaac. Ew! <laughs> okay. Yeah, this was not PC uh, in the year 2020. Not in the year 2020. I'm sure in year 1985 it was perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guarantee this was fine to do. Um, we do get into an even less PC song later on. That was a bit cringy, but we will talk about that shortly. Very soon. Um, what's your rating on Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield by Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart? I was going to give it a 6 out of 10, but knowing there's no pun in the title, it's just a 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10. It's middle of the road. Had just shot Jimmy Hart. Eat your heart out, Jimmy Hart. Very, That's hard to say. Yeah. There's two hearts. Eat your heart out heart <laughs> eat your heart comma out heart realized okay <laughs> okay um we go back to the commentators i wrote in my notes it has now become clear jesse ventura hates literally everyone it's, it's not this one there's, there's a bit later where okay i'll, I'll mention that later that is my favorite ventura bit so like in the next song i think oh okay um this I didn't know Lou Albano's name before this song. Oh, yeah. The song that we're going into is Captain Lou's History of Music slash Captain Lou by Captain Lou Albano and George the Animal Steel, a.k.a. Uh, Big Harry Boy and Cindy Lauper's dad from her music videos. I don't know. Oh, yes. Captain Lou. He was very popular. He was like a scuzzy man. Yeah, I saw that. Um... Before we get into this, why does he have rubber bands on his face? Um, you know, I tried to look it up when when that came up. Yeah. Um, there are a million varying stories on why he did it. Uh. Um, one of the most plausible ones I would say is that he saw a homeless guy do it one time and thought that fit his aesthetic and was like, I'm gonna start doing that. That's he my is answer. A weirdo. <laughs> he is a weirdo. Yeah, his thing was that he was gross. And he was gross, um, but he was beloved by everyone because he had a big personality and he made great faces. Yeah. Um, this song is very loud. It is very, very loud. 
It's also kind of insensitive. Yeah, I wrote racist question mark question mark in my notes. Yeah, it's just. It's a song. This is you should listen to this one if you don't listen to anything else on the album. It's not even if you can fucking stomach it. It was bar- barely listenable. It is entirely like timpani drums being played terribly. Or I don't even know if they were timpani drums, but it sure felt like it in my it was soul. Loud as hell. Um, but who's the other one? The other the wrestler, the animal. Oh, George the Animal Steel, big hairy boy. Yeah, he he was playing the the native and he's white <laughs> yeah he's white but he's very hairy like king kong yeah which uh, they're like that's the same because this is a history of music so they go back to the native music air quotes this is how they describe it in the song yo um and it's just really insensitive because the animal is like shouting at the top of his lungs mm-hmm. with this not cool accent it might be his accent. I've never listened to The Animal, but I don't think it was. I'm uh, shaking my head. Yeah. and But Lou Albano had the, the majority of the song where he just said, that's my name, Captain Lou Albano. Albano. Yeah. I thought, from the title, I thought it was going to be like a sea shanty. Yeah. It wasn't a sea shanty. No, it was, it was just him singing his name and being kind of racist. Yeah. I was sorely disappointed by this one. Um, it was unlistenable. I hated it. Yeah. I did not like this song. I, uh, probably the only song that I didn't like straight up. I gave it a 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. I don't want to listen to it again. That is very low. Is that I, your lowest score? It is not my lowest score. Oh. Oh. Find out who I think picked last. Another pre-roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. about that time. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're done with Captain Lou's history of music. Um, is this one the one where you had one of your j- favorite Jesse Ventura bits? Is this the one where he's hurling? No, it's the next one. It's the next one. Okay. Yeah. Find out who Isaac picks. Well, I didn't write anything for this um, particular segue because it was the same as all of the other ones. Yeah. Kind of wish that there had been like oh. some skits with all of them in between rather than just like the same. They do that kind of near the end, but only at the very end. They end. do, yeah. It would have been nice to see some more, but I get why they didn't. Um, the next song is Hulk Hogan's Theme by the WWF All Stars. I would like to point out that this is not Hulk Hogan's theme. Hulk Hogan's theme is Real American, which yeah. we already listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, why is my question? I really but there was it's about a, it felt like a seven minute song but it may have been two i was like end me yeah. i don't want to listen to this any longer and then it kept going yeah it started off pretty stop pretty strong i should say yeah there's um, a lot of power guitar in the song and power guitar is pretty fun as yeah. long as it's not the only thing going on in the song and to be fair this song does have other things besides power guitar they say hulk Hulk. At the very beginning, Road Warrior Hot Hulk, does his like ah, thing yeah. that he always does, and that was cool. Um, but it just went downhill from there. Um, I wrote that it's like a funky '80s synth dance track. I don't even know if I do. <laughs> I think it's janky. Uh, that's 80s. generous, but <laughs> janky '80s. Janky '80s, bad janky '80s. Trash dance song. <laughs> you did say it had some nasty shreds. I did say nasty shreds. That was before the two minute mark. Oh my god! Where I still like had semblance of 
sanity in my head. So the first leg is okay, but after that it becomes unbearable. Yeah. Um, it's This is actually the longest song in the world. It's longer than Land of a Thousand Dances. Oh You're right, goodness. Isaac. Um, yeah, it lasted approximately forever. Oh. We were listening to it for our entire lives. It's we're still, still listening to it to this it's day. It's still haunting me. It's still haunting us. Um, yeah, that's that's that song. What did you think of it, Isaac? I gave it a 1 out of 10. You gave this one <laughs> this one's the 1 out of 10. This is the worst song on this album oh. by a country mile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It is pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad because it's so long. If they had shortened it by approximately 4 minutes, mm-hmm. I would say maybe that's... Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it, it felt like fucking four minutes. If they had shortened it by that much, and it was like a minute and a half long song, yeah. it would have been fire. And yet, it's it made me want to cry. <laughs> from fire to crier. Yeah. This was the one out of ten. Yep. Oh my god. And then Jesse Ventura does exactly what I want him to do. What I wanted to do, he was hurling chunks after the song was over. <laughs> he was like. Oh, 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 oh. And meanwhile, trash. Yeah, he hated the trash. He hated the trash, and I was like, I agree. I know I'm supposed to be rooting against you for the, most of these bits, but I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. This was like the one time that Jesse was relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's one more time when he's relatable. Oh yeah. Well, th- there's another time that he's relatable. Starting right now, um, they introduce Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Jesse's like, I fucking love this guy. Yeah. This is my guy. And I'm the like, one this time, is my guy. Yeah, this is the one time he like was actually pumped for a song. Yeah. And there's a good reason for it. He was ready for the song. Okay, we're gonna get into it right now. This song is for everybody. Performed by Rowdy Roddy Piper, number one in my heart, forever and always. God rest his soul. Um, this song is funky. It's a head bop in good time. It's a jam, and Roddy is the only person so far who can sing. Yeah, he was the only person on this album who like could hold a tune. It was remarkable. Yeah, he was a really good singer, and he had such a great like personality and like flair in his voice. Yeah, it was fun to listen it to. It was. Uh, yeah. And there were trumpets. Yeah, it was hella hella uh, jazzy, hella like. Any song that has a brass section is already elevated in my books, and this one had like. So much flair, so much oh, excitement. Yeah. I was digging it. The song was so good. I um, would put this song on my playlists if I could find it anywhere. I know the the wrestling album. We it exists in um, a podcast on Spotify, and that's the only place I've ever been able to find it. Yeah, it's, it's like kind of on YouTube. It's hidden in this podcast like as episode six but it's just the album it's the whole album with no interruptions yeah they don't talk or anything so it's it's easy to listen if you spotify the wrestling album but it's also like why is it here yeah that's true i don't understand either um but if you want to listen to it from beginning to end that's, that's your option you find it yeah exactly um this song for everybody it is a cover of the Mike Angelo and the Idol song Fuck Everybody mm. but they changed it to have no profanity but Roddy Piper actually confirmed that he was in fact singing Fuck Everybody instead of For Everybody and they were like we caught you we know what you're doing and he's like I'm out of time I have to go back on the road so they had to they had to use what he had it it was so good I enjoyed this song the most the mostest I agree. I think this is my favorite on the album yeah. as well. 
does that mean what I think it means? It does mean that it, this would get the 10 out of 10 from me. This is the one. This is the Chico, y'all. Yeah, it'd be a real American. Hot so Rod. Man. He's the one, baby. I didn't expect it. I went, but when I got to the sign, I know that Rowdy Roddy Piper is Tess's favorite wrestler. I love him. But I was going in, you know, no reservations. I'm like, so, most of these songs have not been fire so far. I don't expect much. I came out a believer. A believer. Roddy Piper... The goat. The goat. I love him. Um, he should have had a bigger acting career because he's like he's very talented. That's evident in this song as well. Yeah. He just has so much personality, so much character. It was a really good song. Um, I agree with you. Ten out of ten. Also, I think it was my favorite as well. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you have anything for um, this next section with the three boys? Nope. Me neither. Okay. Moving on. Oh my god. The next song. <laughs> the next song in this album is Tutti Fruity by Mean Gene Okerlund um, yes it, it sure is the cover of the Little Richard song Tutti Fruity when was this song made originally? Oh, like the 50s jeez oh, yeah I think it in felt the like it. 50s or early early 60s when you showed me a picture of who was singing this oh my god it's Mean Gene Okerlund yeah. I was taken aback He's a completely spherical man. He was a man. He's what I would imagine if you like said, "Here's a fat egg." <laughs> oh, that's rude! Oh my God, I love Mean Gene. He's he was on this show that I really love called WWE Legends House, and he was just always roasting everybody. And that's just who he was as a person. I love Mean Gene. He's great. Yeah, he looked like a, a chill dude, which he, is why I felt okay about calling him a. Oh yeah, he would probably laugh at that and roast you. Probably. He passed away last year around this time. I miss him. I love him. Pour one out for Mean Gene. This this episode is dedicated to Mean Gene, who is one of the three boys. I should point out. Yeah, I was gonna say. I I thought this guy was also announcing this. Yes, he was. That's Mean Gene. Um, Yeah, he's a legendary wrestling announcer and commentator. This song. This is the funniest thing of all time. Because, like, I know this song. I know the words to this song. Yeah. And it just sounds like a completely different piece when sung by Mean Gene. It's it's very funny. It's it's probably the funniest song in the whole album. I agree. Uh, and you, it really doesn't sound like the rest of the album. Neither does the next song. But this is, you know, this is what rock used to be. This is back before... The power guitar. This is yeah. still a rock song on this rock album. That's for sure. Yeah. Even if it's not what we think of as rock. Yeah, Little Richard, one of the first rock stars, mm-hmm. one could say. Um, yeah, you're totally right. It's like rock through the ages, this yeah. album is. It's got like bad hair metal. It's got like bad synth rock. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of bad shit. But then there's some cool things like this. Yeah. I really liked this cover. I thought it was I thought it was cute. Um what rating did you give it? I was going between a lot of ratings. At one point, it got an 11 out of 10, but that was <laughs> an overreaction at the time. Holy shit. And I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I'm That's mellow- a four-point difference. <laughs> I mellowed on it after a bit. Oh, man. Well, that's a shame for me and Jean, but honestly, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> it was laughable. Um, laughable, but a valiant effort by mm-hmm. me and Jean. Great song. Um, the next song we go into 
because the three boys are pretty much doing the same shit again. Yeah. Um, is Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy by Hillbilly Jim. Um, this song sounds like a John Denver song. It does. It really does. This reminds me of... It really made me feel like Meet in the Middle. Have you ever heard that song? I don't think I know that one. No. I was thinking, uh, thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah. It feels like a song that could be written today and performed today. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a like a pop country song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really obnoxious. Oh, also, <laughs> it was. But I could I could just imagine. I am a musical theater major. Uh, I can imagine clogging to this and having a great time. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> clogging. It, it would be so much fun. Uh, <laughs> it'd be great. Man, too bad we're not in school anymore. Otherwise, yeah. that would be that would be a great. <laughs> I could choreograph a piece to this. It'd be so much fun. Don't go messing with a country boy by Hill- Hillbilly Jim. It was very yeehaw. It was extremely yeehaw. The the like you were saying, it's um it doesn't match the rest of the album. No, there's kind of no rhyme or reason for it. I think it's just because Bill- Hillbilly Jean was like, I want to do this. Maybe Jim. yeah. His thing was that he was a, a hillbilly. Yeah, a wrestling hillbilly. <laughs> I can imagine that, like. MTV and uh, WWF. Yeah, WWF at the time. Uh, we're like collaborating on to do this rock album independently. Hillbilly Jean's like calling up Vince McMahon and being like, I want to do a song. And then <laughs> that's how they got added to the album. And he's like, fine. I'm imagining he just called him every day until he finally said yes. Yes, I'm actually doing an album right now. Oh, I and guess the album. you can come. He got his he got his wish, if that's the yeah. case. And it ended up being one of my, the, the better songs on the album, too. What was your rating? I gave it an 8 out of 10. Whoa. Which I think, besides Roddy... Uh, yeah, Roddy... For Everybody. Piper, yeah, For Everybody was the next highest song on the, the list. Spoilers for the next song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Because uh, it was also a lot of fun, even if it wasn't a rock song. That's true. You can't you can't really say this was a rock song. It was like pretty much pure country. Yeah. Like stereotypical yeehaw country. Um yeah. And then <laughs> in the next segment with the three boys, um they <laughs> Jesse Ventura is bitching about that. He's like, This is supposed to be a rock yeah. album. How dare you say that this is a rock album when you've got Hillbilly Jim here? Yeah. Another another <laughs> highlight of Jesse Ventura's uh acting career right there oh yes his acting and governing career mm-hmm. um somebody said i tell you what vince but it sounded a lot like i tell you what bitch it did I, <laughs> that's what i heard i was like did he just say bitch you can't do that on the album <laughs> they already had fucking grab them cakes come on we can we can grab throw in cakes. more bitch <laughs> grab them cakes grab them, grab them butts. butts grab them cheeks um yeah and they're introducing uh nikolai volkov in this um little segue and one of them said i can't remember which one said it but one of them says nikolai volkov is on a first name basis with gorbachev it was the best one line i've ever heard a first name basis with gorbachev that's a little i don't want to say racist because it's not racist but it is insensitive oh yeah very much so it's like whoa but also wow they got him they yeah they zagged on him um yeah nikolai volkov was a big heel in this time period so it was probably good to zag on him for yeah. the audience members but it was it's pretty cringe for today's oh, standards yeah. um the song that he's doing is Karamia, 
Um, Nikolai Volkov, uh, he played Russian, but he was Croatian. So, mm. yeah. it's kind of the same, but a, a, mm. not even, because it's a different country. Uh, um, well, that's okay. At least he, he doesn't pretend like he's Jamaican on this song. Oh, wait. Oh, wait a minute. It's like, I wrote down that it was like a church song with a funky Caribbean beat. Yeah. It's got like a gospel choir in the background. There's a lot going on. It's it's wild. There's a wild juxtaposition of like there's the Russian guy singing, he's the Croatian guy singing, like he's a Russian <laughs> man singing, like he's a Jamaican man singing, like he's in a, a Christian gospel. He's a dude choir. playing a dude disguised and as another dude. I'm a dude disguised as a dude playing another dude. What a what a film. Yes, but we're not here to not here. We're to not talk. here to talk about Robert Downey Jr.'s illustrious career. That's for my other podcast, Robert Slim. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, when is that coming uh, out? Oh, it's coming out of June 2025. That's five years from now. It Watch is five out. five years. The next five years. That's the sequel. That's the, <laughs> that's the sequel podcast. Watch I'm out. Kathy. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. Mia. What did you think of Mia? Like, as a whole song? Uh, well, break it down for me, because it sounds like you have some opinions. Well... It's bad. <laughs> it is bad. I, I, you can't really say it's not bad. Um, it's different levels of bad because the same like there's one level where it's insensitive, in a lot of degrees. But there's also it's bad because it's not good singing. But yeah. it's also bad because it doesn't make any sense. It's and true. It's also bad because of other things. Yeah. That I can't think of it off the top of my head. But all the bad things together, it like adds up to a whole that is like not the worst thing in the world to yeah. listen to, which is remarkable. I would say that this is the worst singing on the album. By far. By far. But that also makes it kind of fun to listen to. That's true. Because it's like, it's not his fault, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's doing his best, but it's like, they just gave him a laughably bad song for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they how they picked this one out let's give the fucking caribbean song to the russian croatian guy it's very that funny. makes sense um but at the end of the day this is not the song that should have ended out the album but it was yeah this is the last song on the album they should have ended up with fucking roddy piper's song yeah they and a high note um but i still gave it a four out of ten in the end that's not terrible it's not, it's not terrible. the worst yeah but it's still not a good it's score. It's like a D song. Yeah. I actually wrote four, four out of five, but I think that's because I'm a stupid idiot. Four know? out of five? Whoa. Yeah, that's not right. Okay. Four out of ten. Four I, out meant, of ten. I, wrote, I meant to write four out of ten, but I wrote four out of five because numbers. Am I right? Four out of five or four out of fucking shit. <laughs> four out of ten in the end. Four out of ten in the end. So that was it. Okay. Um, and then immediately after this song was over, I noticed there was no more time left in the album. And I wrote... Give Jesse Ventura a solo. Damn it. Yeah, it ends with all the commentators arguing um, because Jesse really wanted to sing on this album. He was yeah. like, he spent the whole time like, it's going to be so much better when I have my song. I, I wanted that song. I wanted it before he even said that he wanted his solo. I was yeah. like, I agree, Jesse. I want to hear your song. I thought that they were going to go into like a trio, like yeah. a barbershop trio. Um, and it didn't happen. I was really disappointed. They yeah. kind of jumped that gun, missed that opportunity. It would have been the perfect way to end the album. It really would have. Instead, we got like this weird opera thing going on with uh, 
with Volkov. Yeah, was that like an? Was he singing? I don't know what the Russian national anthem sounds like. I think it might have been like he was singing over top of the last bit of improv between the three boys too. Yeah. So you couldn't really hear what they were saying. So it also kind of muddled the the final of this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a weird kind of confusing ending. Okay, and that's that's it. That's the whole wrestling album, beginning to end. Um, before I get your opinions on the wrestling album as a whole, I'm going to read this from the Wikipedia page. Um, the wrestling album peaked at number 84 on the album sales charts. None of the singles received any heavy radio airplay, nor did they crack the top 100. Are you surprised? No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, I am I am disappointed that for everybody will never get its time in the spotlight. I agree. It's a jam, a straight jam. Mm-hmm. Everything up. Are you? Real American never broke. It had to have. Oh yeah, Real American. You can listen to on Spotify. Yeah, but I mean, Real American had to have bro- broken the top hundred, right? Like it didn't come out with this album, which was why they're not counting. It. I don't think it was a single. I think that's why what? they're not counting it. Yeah, I think it was, um, it's it's Rick Derringer's song, so he has the rights to it, so I don't think that they could do that. Um, I think that's the reason why. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know very much about that song's, like, success. Hmm. I I feel like it's gotta be extraordinarily popular, but it just, what, it would already, maybe it already cracked the top hundred. Maybe, yeah. Maybe after Hulk Hogan had gotten really, really popular. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it happened later. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, regardless, it did not happen because of this album. Um, it sounds like maybe 2,000 people bought the album um, over the course of its career to get to 84. Uh, yeah, 84. Which is um, unfortunate because it deserves more love than that, but also you know what? The, not that much more. Isaac, it sold enough copies that there is a sequel. There's a sequel? The Wrestling Album 2. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it has, like, some weird subtitle. Let me look up what it is. The Wrestling Boogaloo. (laughs) That's exactly it. The Wrestling Album. And it has, like, a picture of Hulk Hogan on the cover. How could they do this? (laughs) Pile Driver. The Wrestling Album 2. And it's exactly the same, but with different wrestlers. Oh, no. Yeah. I think I know where this is going. (laughs) You're going to come back next time, and we're going to talk about the wrestling album, too. Um, oh, but I didn't even ask you. What did you think of the wrestling album? As a whole, I yeah. thought it was good. I liked it. Um, I didn't love it. There were some parts of it that made me want to die, but there's also enough parts of it that made me thrive to like balance the, the, the two parts out together. Yeah. To the point where I call it good. This is pretty much, I would say... I would say it's required listening for wrestling fans of yeah. the classic era. Oh, yeah. Um, if As you're just a casual fan, you maybe don't need to listen to it. Yeah. But it's like, fun, and there's a lot of novelty to it. If you're just one of those armchair, like, super armchair wrestling fans like myself, then you're just listening to Dude Sing, and there's one really great song on there, but the rest of the time you're just like, oh, yeah. These guys, these guys are just yeah. having a good time. It's, you know. You're just kind of listening to wrestlers. Yeah. Try in the '80s. To varying degrees of comic, uh, to comedy and uh, success. And insensitivity. And mostly insensitivity. <laughs> That's wrestling for you, though. 
deep correlation between those two, but that's an episode for another day. Um, Isaac, any final thoughts on the wrestling album? Any final thoughts on on the rock and wrestling connection? Um, whatever happened to the MTV connection? I have no idea. Hmm. Maybe. I think they just kind of grew out of it. There was like a new set of people that were coming in. Like this is around the time when Bret Hart was starting to get really popular. Uh, and he was like a different kind of wrestler. He yeah. wasn't like the flashy like character guy. He was like a real guy. Yes. And so that kind of led the, the way towards more realism in wrestling. Uh, and they kind of abandoned all the cheesy 80s stuff. That's my best guess as to, as to that. Well. As far as history is concerned. People still think on the WWE fondly, and people don't think on MTV fondly anymore. So, yeah, everybody's got something nasty to say about MTV. So we we can see who the real winners of this this whole ordeal were. That's true. Mm-hmm. One is a, a billion dollar company, and MTV you can watch Catfish. Yeah, I'm sure they're also a billion dollar company, but screw them. Down low. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, yeah, a good time. Um, good. Yeah, that's that's my big takeaway is that I had a good time listening to this album. I did. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I wasn't sure if I'd come out loving it, come out hating it. Um, I I'm glad I kind of landed somewhere in the in between, and I kind of am expecting to despise the wrestling albums because <laughs> you can't let a good thing die. I guess it's true. And with that, Isaac, if they want to follow you on social media or whatever, where can they find you? Where, where's What's your address? You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Super Otterman. You can also find me on Instagram at Super Otterman. And you can go to my website at IsaacOtterman.com. Oh, shit. Not Super Otterman? No. It's gets easier. It gets easier. It gets easier. All right. Well, Isaac, we're definitely gonna have we're definitely gonna have you back next time for the wrestling album too, as well as WrestleMania the album, no. which is fire. It's not. I, I lied. No. Thanks so much for being on the show. What a good time. What a Yay. great guest. Isaac is a natural. He's a great podcast guest. Um. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Isaac. Until next time. Wrestling's real. People are fake. What is?